conversations been like with with John and, and Mike and I guess even Malik since then? Yeah, I texted Malik right after right after we drafted him as well. Um, yeah, I wasn't wasn't informed of that beforehand, but uh, same thing with AJ. Right, the team's going to do the best thing that, that they that they think is is best interest of the team, and um, you know I have no problems with Malik, and you know we're looking to add talent and and um, guys that can help us. So you know we'll, we'll add him to the room and, and go from there. Ultimately, probably his goal is to take your job. I mean, that's part of uh, being in a quarterback room in the same room. You know, we're we're competing against each other. We're uh, you know, watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. Uh, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but you know, if he learns learns from me along the way, then then that's a great thing. Ryan Tannehill, did he break the DBAD rule or is that fair game? Welcome to Terrestrial Takes. I'm your host, Dushane's, joined as always by Nubs. How you doing, Tim? Doing well. We're getting ready to go on the plane tomorrow for my brother's bachelor party to Tennessee. We got a, they showed me a picture. It's a big lake house that they rented and I'm really excited to see what goes on with it. I don't even know what they have planned at this point. Older or younger brother? Older. Would you call him a mentor? Uh, not really. Yeah. Was it his job to mentor, though? Probably not. <laughs> what do you make of the Tannehill Collins? I've heard it before. Yeah, we've heard somewhere, it many times. Somewhere close by to the team that I root for. <laughs> now, I, I, my personal opinion is, as a starting quarterback, I want you preparing for the season as much as possible. But that doesn't mean you can't prepare together with your newly acquired teammate. But there should be coaches that are doing the majority of the preparation as well as the tutoring for Willis. At the end of the day, though, when you're in the QB room looking at film or having you know the different positional meetings and discussions, that's the time in which you really should be sharing information as well as maybe drills on the field or whatnot when you know you go in and out of the huddle or whatever type of drill you're running. So yeah, I mean that's what he said too. We're competing against each other, we're watching the same tape, doing the same drills. Um it's not the best thing to say, but it isn't, it isn't wrong. In my opinion, there are coaches there for that. And he is going to mentor him in other ways, you know, more so by example, he's, I think what he meant is like, I'm not going to sit there and tell him how to win, win the job. I don't think he's going to, I don't think Daniel's going to completely cold shoulder. him like Brady did to Garoppolo. But what was funny about that too, is uh, Brady's like, his comments were actually pretty uh, visceral. I don't have them up. But he also said at the end, like, and uh, there's nothing that he can do for me. And that's actually, I think that's wrong. What he did is he completely elevated you to, you know, the best you've played since like 07 since then. So Mm -hmm. uh, there's something to that. But no, I don't think, I don't think it was the best thing to say, but I don't think it was as malicious as other people did. And maybe if you hadn't heard uh, maybe now, if, if you, you now with the intro hearing it, maybe it changes your opinion. But speaking people of, like to read the headlines, though, and that's what that's what's catchy. Because even before him. I heard it, I saw a segment that people were talking about it on like NFL Network or whatever, and it was just like you haven't even played the sound yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard it for the first time on uh, a talk radio without hearing the words, but they were uh, they were split as well. Um, like it seems most people are, but Malik Willis, new draftee, 
So speaking of the draft, we had some bets. We had some highs. We had a couple lows. We placed these on uh, April 9th, and we got – it really was around uh, Tibbs. We got Tibbs at number one overall at plus 2,000. That was the only one that moved in the wrong direction. That actually moved to plus 5,000, and we lost that one. So that was – that was 65. That was the most we could put on it too. So that was a ceiling play though, to be yeah, honest. Exactly. Where, where we really cleaned up and got it right was uh Thibodeau under five and a half, which moved to four and a half. We got that at even money and Aiden Hutchinson over one and a half at plus two twenty-five. So at April 9th, Hutch was the big favorite to go first. And then he was, uh, I think I think they moved to two and a half by the by the draft, and then we had wide receiver bets based around Garrett Wilson. We had Garrett Wilson under ten and a half, and he was picked ten. But we also had Garrett Wilson first wide receiver selected. So when Drake London went, it really hurt us because not only was Wilson not the first wide receiver. But Drake London went under 10 and a half, which is what we had. So you tally them all up. We won like 50 bucks, but we had a great time. Um, that moment when Tibbs got picked, yeah. it was a good moment. Yeah, we were, <laughs> I was getting a little freaking little restless. Like we're at five. Like we, how many teams are going to fuck this up here? <laughs> like that Stingley pick, I don't think was a good pick. I mean, Walker, I don't think was a good pick at all. I, I don't mind. I mean, Hutch is Hutch. Like, whatever. That's fine. I still think Thibodeau was the best player at the draft. I cannot believe for an organization that has no backbone, they wouldn't take a leader like Hutchinson. At True. One. I don't understand that at all. But good for the Lions. It just it gets, just gets better for the Lions. Yeah, Giant, uh, Lions had a had a good draft. Um, I think we all don't think the the Jets really killed the draft. Um, any other teams you think that have uh, cleaned up pretty well? Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. They always draft well. I don't understand though why Houston takes a cornerback at three. Your team is not is not built yet, so yeah. you're literally just going to be burning off those cheap years on the contract before your team is ready. And I don't like that. I, it just, to me, you build inside out. I like um, getting the lines as established as possible without investing bad capital into them. Yeah. And I don't think you run cornerback until you really know what you have up front. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that was it for news items. Tanny, our draft bets recap. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to Germany. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll just get into the uh, main event here and talk about the, the draft and what it means for fantasy. It's time for the main event. All right, so thank God the NFL draft is here to tell us who we should pick. Uh, we had quite a bit of movement. My top five is is pretty much intact. I mean, there's so much to get to, so we won't spend forever on each one. But like, I got Brees, uh, Wilson, Burks, London, Walker, 
then a pretty then the teardrop which i thought was coming at like 107 108 happens at 106 for me but you're still looking pretty good and um i have jameson dotson olave three more wide receivers and that brings us to um 108 and then with 19 110 111 i i have the quarterback still i got coral willis pickett which is fantastic because while you guys were taking them early i was getting the position players there and, and now I guess it's time to, di- to diversify because the position players are knocking them down even further than I imagined. And just those quarterbacks are going mid-second. Uh, you're, you're getting picket in the first still. Um, how much did your first round change? I guess uh, to finish out my top 12, I have uh, Rashad White. Didn't change too much because I feel like the first like eight or nine are pretty solid. At least the, the I should say first seven are pretty solid. So I had Brees, and then interchangeable was Walker and Wilson, depending on team need. I prefer Wilson, but if you have a team need that need that has a running back or a team that has a running back need, take it here because then it's a lot easier to just run the rest of your draft the way you um, see fit for best player available. You're not going to be reaching on all these running backs that you don't really feel great about. Um, London Burks. Uh, the reason why I, have, I moved London up is because I was having conversations with Spaceman about a month or two ago, and I said I would trade Burks for London. And I kind of, I, this was at the time when, when London was closer to 109 than he was 105 or 106 or even higher. And I felt like that would be good value to move down. But I really do like um, the opportunity that he has. And I, the thing with, with Burks is that I know he has a really good opportunity and there's nothing standing in his way, but there's a lot of moving parts on that offense. And then a lot of stuff could, could change in the next 18 months. Tannehill could be gone. You could have Willis in there, but it's totally, it's totally um, acceptable that we see the Titans take a quarterback next year. If they decide to gut everything, Henry might be gone in the next year or two, just depending on how they want to handle contract stuff. This team could get blown up very quickly. And then the use for Burks, would be less predictable when it comes to even the play action game or the person throwing in the ball. So I just, that, that worries me. I still like the upside. Don't trust hundred percent where he's at, but I do trust that he will develop, but if there are, there is risk there. Then Jameson, uh, because I just, I, I like how that team is coming together and the way that the saints drafted Olave, who is my next player. And the reason why he's behind Jameson, which he always was, but they don't have the capital to take a quarterback. So they're really resting with James or with James Winston as their quarterback, unless they somehow make it attractive enough, enough for a veteran to come in or something like that. But without something that's not as cloudy, I'm not trusting Jamison or I'm sorry, Jameis to get the ball to Olave in enough situations where Olave is going to score the fantasy points. Like I would expect. Now, when it comes to the remaining parts of the first round, this is really, to me, in a lot of situations, a trade-out spot. But um, I would say that, you know, you could go like a Sky Moore or a Watson, which I'm not really for, but I would go Jahan Dotson. But the reason why I brought those other two up is because I've seen Dotson go at 201, 202, 203, which doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, he's gone in the second more than he's gone in the first. I mean, yeah, it is a trade-out spot um, just because I have these quarterbacks, 9, 10, 11 doesn't mean I'm picking them there because I don't have to. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's an obvious trade out spot if you don't want these position players. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't mind Sky more, but I had Sky more at like 
206 to 208. That's and where I know he was the going pre-draft. I know the landing spot's really good. So like that's a that's a great argument, but I don't really like paying that capital to do it. <laughs> I would rather go and get two second round picks and something in the future or something like that to really kind of just diversify versus a, a receiver that I think is at best a wide receiver too, not in a bad way. I like Sky Moore, but I don't like Sky Moore as a first round wide receiver. So there's just a big cloud there, but I do like the focus on Rashad White being in the first round in a lot of situations because of the fact that he may end up just replacing Fournette completely next year if Tom Brady leaves. They may so end up just why gotten... Rashad White over Damian Pierce. I don't trust Damian Pierce to be as high level of a player as White. I think White has a better chance to score more valuable time uh, more with more valuable touches when it comes to the receiving game. I know that Pierce is a good uh, pass blocker, which then actually works towards his detriment if, unless he's chipping and getting out of the backfield because most likely he'll be in on third downs to block more than he will be to receive the ball. And that offense just isn't as appealing in my in my opinion. Yeah, so I think it's I don't, I don't have him close, but there there's a lot of um, discord and argument uh, about the two. And I think the I think people are getting stuck up on on. Uh, the spot in the roster. So they see Fournette, he's locked in, and uh, and Damian Pierce is clouded with – they do have like four running backs under contract. Now, they're not all that good, but at the same time, I wasn't too high on Damian Pierce to begin with. Like, was anyone sold as, as a real good talent? Do they like it because there's not a lot of competition? Third-party analytics loved Pierce. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure there are. <laughs> I know some people probably loved him. Um, I, don't, I don't know what his RAS was. Um, yeah. I don't know either. Damien, show me your ass. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, your, what's your ass, Tim? <laughs> oh, it's a little bit wider than it is tall. Dude, my, my, yeah, my ass is, uh, is fat. But we're on the same page when it comes to we're like Pierce. Like, I think Pierce's ceiling should be mid to late second. And that's only if you're looking for a particular dart throw that has chances at value where I'm seeing people talk about him going in the first round. And that makes no sense. Yeah. So like, the, like I said, they're looking at the, uh, the roster and the, the, the path to production and they see a bunch of man running backs. And I think that the, the Texans kind of just added a man running back. Now he could be better than man, but at this time he's a, in my opinion, a man running back surrounded by man and, they're all under contract and Rashad is on a should be really good offense and he's behind Fournette, but things happen. I mean, uh, I know you don't count on injuries or cuts, but all I'm saying is I think people are looking at the roster and thinking that like, that's it. That's set in stone. Uh, this path is easier. And so production's King. And uh, I don't think they're, they're wrong. I just disagree because I think Rashad is a much more talented player. I agree. Um, did you round out your first? Are we into the second yet? Um, if I rounded out my first, Pickens and Pickett would be there somewhere. Yeah. The thing is, I don't actually, until there's more clarity what's happening with Claypool, it may not be for a year or two. You may not even see viable seasons besides wide receiver three from Pickens at best because of just who's throwing the ball and the crowded uh, target share or market that we're going to see in, in that offense that it may not be completely usable weeks every single week, but he's one of the guys for upside wise and just quality of player 
I would keep up around the 201 to 112 to 201 range. So while we're there, uh, I have Pickens at 201, then McBride 202, and then um, that's a, that's incorrect. I have Bell 204, 203, Skymore. I mean, it's Pickham. Uh, I I don't I I like Bell's landing spot. I know Sky has has a, a better spot in cap, but I was a lot higher on Bell to begin with, so. I'm going to just hold there. Uh, And then um, a guy that I'm lower on, uh, I remember on Twitter a couple of weeks ago when everyone was out of content, we got the uh, interview and likability grade that was making the rounds. Like somebody scored people on the likability. I'm not a guy that really liked Cook uh, for really none of the right reasons, which I'm I'm totally aware of uh i just saw him having like kind of a bad attitude and do shades you just pick pickens 201 all right yeah okay well anyways continuing uh i like cook kind of in that mid-second um where i've gotten about 208 and that's that's where i'm looking to for that running back in a good offense um if you want to look at all this the whole community shit on motor singletary for years for being complete trash but now, uh, now they drafted a running back, and and he's going to stand in the way, I guess. And I always thought Singletary is actually kind of good. Um, I got Cook with Watson. That's uh, 206. Mechie, 207. Zamir at 208. Kind of staying where he was for me. And then I got Spiller right there at 209. A massive follower from the draft. But he's still not a bad value because he's going around that 209 range. Uh and then I'm a couple guys that I was not in on, but uh, I'm letting draft. Um, they're not only are it was the draft capital good, but they're they're available here. Uh, Alec Pierce, Wandale Robinson, and uh, Damian Pierce, who might not be there at two twelve. So I haven't I haven't gotten any Pierce because he's been going a little earlier for me, and I've been taking like the quarterback at 05 or whatever instead of Damian. So that that rounds out my second round. Yeah, I'd be sitting around Pickens at 201. I like McBride at 202. Then it's for me, it's kind of a toss up between ceiling and floor with Bell and Watson. Um, I really do like where Bell ended up with Cleveland. I know that we haven't seen Watson play in a few seasons, but basically what I'm seeing with, with Bell is he kind of fits what Watson wants to do besides the vertical game. So there could be a lot of underneath targets. I don't want to say the Jarvis Landry role because I don't think this is even the type of with Watson, the potential for this offense isn't even the same type of offense that Jarvis Landry would be in because they were always dink and dunk offenses, but because it's more vertical or because the possibility is there to be more vertical, that really will open up the underneath stuff for bell. So it's really going to be a risk appetite piece about what you want to do with bell and Watson I think Watson is probably the biggest opportunity to just flame out like as quick as possible, especially if the drops keep up because he really didn't do great things. What we do need to see though, is how well he and Rogers play the, the long or deep game, because I don't really see him just winning consistently on the sidelines, especially in traffic with that drop um, rate. I just, I just don't drop Rogers. Rodgers does not like wide receivers he can't trust, and he will 
I don't want to say doghouse you, but he'll avoid you like so bad if he can't trust you. And I think that's something that could happen pretty quickly with uh, Watson. Then um, I actually have Malik here. And the reason why I do is because this is more of a taxi squad upside play with a, a team with quarterbacks. I'm not, I would not be taking him with the expectation that he plays or on a team that doesn't have quarterbacks or like, well, it'd be really good if this year um, he ends up starting later in the season and he can really help me out. Something like that. This is just something I'd be throwing directly on my taxi squad, basically forgetting about him. And if I produce positive value from it, I'll be happy. If he's not good or doesn't play in the next three seasons, I won't be surprised. After that, I would, uh, I would have a little bit of a running back run. I really do still like Zamir White, but I don't know if I'm taking over Spiller because I don't know if I have to. Um, I, I really like the landing spot when it comes to the Raiders, and I'm not, I don't think they would do this just because of their desperation to stay as a competitive football team in that AFC West. They've been but trying to get a, a running back in there. It wouldn't surprise me at all, though, if like there was just um, dissension between Jacobs and the Raiders and it just doesn't work out where Jacobs has to leave. Yeah, they then, declined his fifth year. Yeah, what I mean, like even now that they declined it, he may want to yeah. somehow get security and be like, get rid of me. They, you know, if they already don't plan on keeping him, they only were going to use him to run him into the ground. They may, he may just be like, cut me, you know, see what happens. They may not cut him, but I'm just saying opportunities or situations. And then it's Zamir and whoever else and Drake. And it's a good opportunity. And there could be a chance that because of all the money they've already spent on Devontae Adams, they don't go after a high price price running back next year. They may just draft another one. It could be a higher draft pick and it could be someone that takes over for him. But I like the risk that comes with the upside with Samir. And then I would go with Spiller just because the landing spot, I want all the weapons I can get with Herbert. We just don't know if something happens with health or whatever, but Spiller has decent upside there. If he gets a shot, <coughs> excuse me. Um, then I'd probably be going Pierce just because running back disparity. Damn. And I, yes. And I do have a an interest in Alec Pierce, but it doesn't start till the third round just because I really don't trust his hands. I know he's strong on routes, but he said something that really drove me nuts. He said he wanted to be Matt Ryan's new Julio. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Julio is like legendary historically, like top 10 in terms of talent at wide receiver. So not cool with that. I'm actually going to be avoiding Wandale. I'll, I'll uh, recognize that he's going mid to late second, early third, and I'll have him here as to recognize him. But I would, be passing on Wandale. I don't trust that he can run a consistent offense. And I'd say that would be my, my second round. Okay. So one quarterback hasn't had his name called yet. And it's actually two, but I think there's one that people are probably waiting for. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to wait much longer. I got Desmond Ritter at 301. Um, yeah, he has. So why do I have um, Corral and Willis in my top 10 and Ritter not with but he went before them, right? Yeah, he was like 70, I think, 71. No, Velas was anyways. Seven, went, yeah, no, go ahead. 70 something. Uh, it's because I don't think he's good. I've I we've been saying this for months. So um he's my 301 because I just don't think he's very good. Uh and Andy didn't get first round draft capital. All right. So like you, you can play both sides of this and you can use it to affect your rankings, but you know, we have a a bunch of months to evaluate football and uh, that's kind of what we did 
So I'm not not throwing it away. I've said that a lot. 302. I've uh, I actually got Kyron Williams, another guy that I was uh, lower on, but that was because it was really a it wasn't a straw man on my. Um, it was um, it was just that it wasn't the masses weren't as high on Kyron Williams. There were just a, a lot of big heads that were really high on him to start. So like I was trashing him because I couldn't believe it. Then he ran the 40 and I laughed, but he, he was always going in as a late second and he, he didn't fall far from there in pre in the pre-draft process. Um, and I, I, I like being in the Rams offense uh, in that running back room, which you, we, I don't know how that's going to shake out. All right. Acres still hasn't really shown much. Uh, and who knows what, I don't know. He, he's probably hell. I don't know if he's healthy. I don't know if he'll, if, if the, there'll be lasting repercussions from the Achilles, but besides that, he's just not been all that great. So there's a spot there for, uh, for, for, for him to be a pass catching back or just take over. Um, same sort of thing. We have Algier with uh, the possibility of being in Atlanta, a guy that I kind of liked, this might be a little high here. Um, kind of just made these up before we we uh, started I spent like 20 minutes putting them together but this is this is where all the value is um, something we were going to touch on that I think I'll just do it now is where we were kind of targeting uh, in these drafts and right now the late second early third is really good in my opinion there's a lot of value and you're able to get your guys but I also think that the fourth uh, is is very solid, because, and I think we were desensitized to it last year because it was a very shallow class. Whereas this year, it's one of the deeper classes we've had. And I'm not talking talent; I mean like how many people declared for the draft. But back to it: um, Algier 303, Tolbert 304. He got decent draft capital, um, and he's in Dallas's offense. Looking, they need some other wide receiver. Um, wasn't big. I don't, I don't, didn't know much about his profile beforehand. Uh, B Rob running back 306. I got Howell 307. He fell hard, bad draft capital, not the best situation. Um, I do think that he could end up being a backup. Like that's very real. Um, but he could also beat Wentz. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's a mess there. 308, I'm following uh, Nubs here. I, I like Keontae Ingram. He's I, I love the I've, I, the Arizona running back. Uh, Arizona was my favorite landing spot for a running back this this entire offseason, even with the James Conner resigning. I, I wanted Brees in Arizona because running backs fucking go off in Arizona. Uh, 309, Jelani Woods, tight end. Um he was my four beforehand, but he goes to Indianapolis in a, in a good uh, – what, the uh, third round, second, third round? It, it was pretty good cap. I got Ford, 305 in Cleveland. Um, there's a log jam there, but one of them might shake free. 310, I like – and 311, I like my tight ends again here. I like Kolar and Dolchich, uh, which great is you're getting them in the fourth. And then 312, uh, I'm going to just take Tyquan Thornton. Uh, while everyone fades the the New England wide receiver, I mean, shit, I'll, I'll take him at 312. I'll, I'll let draft cap guide me here. So that's my third round. What do you got? I think you're right about the value. 
Um, I actually think late third round picks are very valuable because in my opinion, obviously let's say you have 310, it's late, right? But you know that only a certain finite number of players can be picked before you. Duh. You're always going to have certain players that will have to fall there. And that is a good thing. I agree. I'm I'm not a I'm not a Ritter fan, but I will have I don't think you ever have to defend taking a quarterback with as uh, it's at least going to be the quarterback two on a team with a third round pick or later. I don't think you ever have to defend that because they're dart throws and quarterbacks are just more valuable. So anywhere in the third round that you take um, either Ritter or Howell, cool with me. But uh, I've Ritter Tolbert. Um, I actually really like uh, Jelani Woods here because I think he has a very good opportunity to start very early and for tight end needy teams. I think that's great. And your ROI could be very quick or he could explode and be something that you don't want to trade. So I was, I had a thought formulating and then it actually evolved as I was thinking it, I was tight ends. You want red zones, you want touchdowns. Matt Ryan is usually historically bad in the red zone, but I thought of Tony Gonzalez. Now has he been, he was able to light it up with Tony. I don't remember touchdown numbers. He might have been doing a lot. He was doing a lot between the 20s as well. Now, maybe has he not had the red zone target? I, I still think that Matt Ryan is just a, a, a poor red zone quarterback. But I do like uh, – I like uh, Jelani here, though. You can't be so afraid of turnovers, and that's, his, that's really his problem, is because – if you're afraid of throwing turnovers, you're just never going to take the risks you need to take to really put the ball in somewhere. But from what I saw when I watched Jelani is that he's got really solid hands, but he's really great at catching the ball over his head with both hands, like correct, like hand position and things like that, that that doesn't scare me as long as he gives Matt Ryan a big enough of a target. But I, I just think he has... I'm not saying he's going to, because I truly believe that most tight ends need seasoning for at least a season, just being in the weight room period, like go get a grown man body and come back type thing. But I think it's possible with his, his athleticism to get on the field and not saying hundred percent that I trust Pierce. Cause I don't where woods could be one of those vi- uh, viable electric options in the middle of the field. Okay. So after Jelani at three Oh three, I did, I had Brian Robinson, then the other tight end, um, Dolchich, who's actually was my tight end one going into the draft, but I just don't trust that he's going to get a lot of play. But I'm going to trust the talent. I'm going to throw him on the taxi squad like I do most tight ends, and I'm going to wait. Um, after Dolchich, I have Shakir. I really like that landing spot. I think he can step right in and be competitive immediately. What the ceiling on his, his rookie season is going to be, I don't know. But I'm willing to take him and find out. <coughs> Excuse me. I didn't get to the cough button. Um, after Shakir, I have Kent Ingram, one of my favorite in the drafts, landing in Arizona, as you said before. It's perfect, and it's a great opportunity to see what happens because we've seen Connor get hurt, maybe inconsistency, maybe they reduce his touches to try to keep him from getting hurt, and I think Ingram can handle a lot of that load. Then I have Algier. I don't really trust that he's going to be anything but a second running back on a team or even just a career backup, but for this team who's – probably trying to lose <laughs> i can see them giving him a lot of run and he might fall into the end zone you know six seven eight times and that's valuable on a weekly basis if he can get you at least 12 and do something better than that 
maybe three or four times this year. Then I have Kyron because I really actually like the fit with the Rams like a lot. Um, I've been targeting him late. I've actually gotten him at 310 um, and actually later than that a couple times. I just think that it makes sense that they're not going to be able to do much in terms of covering him with more than one guy. And if he's at all um, able to work between the tackles, which we've seen he actually can be in college, but you know, college is just a different game. If he's at all able to run between the tackles, that makes him a threat in the passing game even more valuable because he's not just always going to be in there to receive the ball. Then I have Sam Howell because quarterbacks are, are valuable. Uh, then I have Davis Price just because we never know what Kyle Shanahan's going to do. And Hassan Haskins because Derrick Henry is an injury away from Hassan Haskins starting for Tennessee. Yeah, um, there are actually a couple of guys that I might have missed there. Um, I would absolutely have Price and Haskins in my third round over Thornton and a couple others. Uh, I did not finish the fourth round. <laughs> um, but what I like here, especially in the fourth round, is 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 tight ends. Uh, there's a lot of really decent tight ends with really decent spots, with really decent or rather decent uh, draft capital. But the I've just have come around on tight ends where they they just need to fucking catch 20 balls, two touchdowns and 300 yards and they're going to be worth a second for like 3 years. So um you can swing for the fences here and that's always a, a sound strategy. But um over 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 a lot of these guys uh it's just the safety especially in the mid to late fourth like when you're when when you're in that last round uh I'm I'm eyeing tight ends really heavily. But yeah. So I did miss uh Price and um, Haskins, I would have them. I would have them closer to the mid third, honestly. Uh, I have them with Algier and Kyron, uh, right with that running back group, and I'm I'm taking whoever kind of falls out of that group. I've gotten almost all of them. Um, so since I've goofed up the fourth round, uh, I'm just going to give a couple more names that uh, I'm targeting because. They're all I've, I've gotten all of these guys in the fourth round because uh, just they just keep falling. Other uh, a lot of guys I've already named are falling into the fourth round. Um, so in no particular order, just the way I order it's on my computer at this moment. Uh, Vilas Jones in the fourth round. I mean, second round wide receiver. I know he's fucking 37 but maybe he can catch some balls because he's got no competition. I'm taking the shot in the fourth. Calvin Austin, I think, is very interesting. Now, his sleeper did him a little dirty. He's not 5'9", 163 at the combine. He, he is actually a little shorter. Uh, he's like 5'8", but he, he's 173. I know it's not a lot, but when you, when, I, when you look at – when you see 163, it's really like, whoa. He is a small guy, but um, he's very shifty, very fast. Uh, Sauce Gardner, I'm sure people are, have heard this. He, he said Calvin Austin was the the hardest wide receiver I've ever had to cover. And if you go back and watch that game, Sauce just couldn't keep up with him. I think it was his sophomore year, so he obviously got better. Um, but he could not stay with Austin, especially off the line with his release. So he's he's somebody I'm targeting a lot with uh, Pittsburgh. Now, we all say Pittsburgh wide receivers – they do have a great track record, but they also have a track record of drafting a lot of wide receivers. So the hit rates, I don't know about the hit rate because they're taking so many, but I do like him and he's, he's one of my big targets in the fourth. 
uh, Isaiah Likely, one of those tight ends, Kate Otten, one of those tight ends, um, Ruckert, another one of those tight ends I'm targeting in the fourth. I'll take a shot on Justin Ross in the fourth now that he signed with uh, with Kansas City. Uh, I'll take the shot, but I haven't been able to because he's been going in the third now. Uh, Shaker, like you said, um, and an undrafted free agent, a guy that I've been high on, campus to Canton legend really, uh, is uh, Jerry and Ely. Signing with uh, Kansas City, it's kind of a mess there at running back. Uh, the answer could very well e- easily be neither Rojo or CEH. Now, I don't – he'll never be a, a workhorse, but he could be that that Sproles third down role where – he has some decent PPR weeks that you can throw. If you get in the fourth round, if you get five weeks of their career, you kind of hit if you play them on those weeks. If they have like, this is their start week, then you get a flex. And that's uh, kind of what the fourth is for. You're not always going to get Tyree kill here, but those, those are really all my targets. I'm sure I missed some. I'm not really targeting Pierre strong. I don't want any of those running backs out of uh, new England. Uh, yeah, those are pretty much my targets to to round out the draft. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything in a particular order. I'm just going to name off some guys I like. Um, I, I do like taking a shot on Thornton here just because I think that this is a, is a telltale sign that Bill trusts Mac Jones to throw the ball deep. And I think this is going to be huge for Mac Jones' growth. It may not even be with Thornton. It may be with another receiver. But I think the faith has been established with Bill and that is the best thing that we can hope for at this point. Um, Velas Jones, obviously, uh, just because there's very little to no um, competition there. Yeah. And I think that's by design, just based on other things that I've heard through different podcasts is that they're trying to basically bottom out and then use high draft capital next year and like sign different players next year. I don't know if that's good for fields in, in the long run in terms of development, but I guess we'll see. I agree with you on Austin. I think, I never want to compare anyone to Tyreek Hill, and I'm not going to. Yeah. But I think this is as close as you get to Tyreek Hill. And his get off the line, especially on anything he's trying to get inside of the cornerback, is just insane. But he's really small, as you said. Yes. But I really don't hate the <laughs> just taking a dart on, on Austin and just hoping that Pittsburgh's able to figure out how to either send him deep or make him consistently a target underneath and him being able to get points that way. I really like Jerome Ford still. I think the it's actually one of the better landing spots he could have gone to. I understand he's behind Chubb, but we never, at least I never expected him to be a lead back. So if he can, I don't, I don't really like Hunt as a fantasy value, and I don't know how long they're going to really stick with Hunt, but I think that he could be a nice thunder and lightning with Chubb at some point if they decide to move on from Hunt. So I like that risk there. Any of the tight ends, like you uh, said. That's more like thunder and thunder, ain't it? <laughs> there ain't no I mean, light. I mean, I think Ford's got more of um, his upsides more or less just going to be on, on bigger plays than it is going to be him consistently grinding out yards. That's oh, yeah. just my opinion. Um, I like the Justin Ross, but yeah, any of the tight ends. I think uh, we're forgetting about Chig uh, Congo or whatever for the Titans because they don't have True. a deep tight end room right now. One. Swain's really not great as a backup, and I know they brought Hooper in, but at some point, you know, we're going to see Hooper run his course, but I do <laughs> actually like Hooper for fantasy this year. Um, Beatty, I think is, is interesting, but I think Beatty's going to have to earn his stripes. Um, I don't think he did anything special at Missouri, but 
we know how Baltimore likes to use their running backs and that's, they really kind of like to use all of them when they have the opportunity, if they feel that they have faith in these guys, but I don't know if Beatty gets that look right away. And I, I don't, if he doesn't get that look fast enough, you're going to be cutting him and you're not going to be re- receiving that value. So that's a little bit of stuff I'm worried about. And then the last two, I want to talk about Kyle Phillips and Dobbs yeah. because I think Romeo Dobbs could be just as good as Watson, if not better, mm-hmm. because he's, he's really good, deep, consistent hands has never been afraid of contact, nor has he had any issues catching the ball through trash when it comes to just being a lot of cornerbacks or safeties around him. So I actually, I think that Dobbs is a great fourth round pick. I wouldn't take him in the third. I just, I like the other guys I have in the third more. And then Phillips could just be a PPR monster when it comes to a slot guy. Yeah, that pretty much rounds out our draft recap. What, um, what player have you drafted most? Zamir, absolutely Zamir. I let everybody else follow me, and I go and get Zamir every time. (laughs) Yeah, I've I I haven't gotten a ton of Zamir. That's Um, probably because you're drafting with me. Yeah, probably. (laughs) I don't. So in one league, he he took Zamir right in front of me where I was going to take him. Mm -hmm. I have offered this man a future second and a future third for his two twelve, in which where he picks Zamir, and he won't take it. No, I just this man. I just don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who my my most drafted is. Um, it's, it might be Hall. I've already traded one Hall away. I tweeted that out. The A lot of people actually didn't mind my return, which now makes me feel worse about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, was, it, was, it was a punt team. Just punting this year. So I let my one Hall go. Uh, to, I guess I'm hedging that if he does suck. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I have a lot of Kyron, honestly. I, pr- I probably have three Kyrons. Uh, I got a lot of Corral. I've got two or three Will, uh, Willis's now. I don't know. I, I've I've diversed a lot. Maybe it might be McBride. <laughs> so the funny part about my drafts, the ones that we've done so far, I've had two first round picks, and I've traded out of them both. So I haven't picked in the first round yet because they were later oh, wow. picks. So a lot of my, a lot of the guys I've been getting are repeated third and second round picks. So I would say my top ones are going to be Samir Pickens, Dulcich, and um, Woods at this at this point. But I do have um, consistent um, selections of both uh, Damian Pierce as well as Isaiah Spiller. Just not high in numbers; they're kind of just split down the middle on both leagues. Yep. I've got five drafts left to do, so things could change. But at this moment, I do not have any. I think I'm include. I might be including like at all, but like where I drafted rookies pre-draft. Uh, I have no Olave. I have no Ritter. I have no Watson. No Sky Moore. And that's about it for the top. Yeah. So no Skymore, Watson, Olave. Yeah, I, I might get a couple. I, I, I'm. I just can't. I didn't get any Skymore or Watson pre-draft, and now it's just it's now it's way too high for me to to go after him. So I might be without. We did have startups. We drafted rookies in, so I do yeah. have. I do have some Jameson. I do have some Olave. I do have some Sky Moore. 
but I definitely got them at different prices. No, yeah. well, not not Jameson and Olave, but definitely Sky Moore. Yeah, <laughs> I think Sky Moore was like two or three dollars in an auction. It might have been five. I don't know. It was it was cheap. And he probably... in our in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. No, he was fourteen. Oh my god. Yeah, he was fourteen. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you remember what Watson was? No, I don't. I know it was, it was like 10 or 11. Probably. Yeah, I think it was right around 10. Yeah. And this is out of $500. So I would imagine that they would be like 20 and Sky more like 24, something like that. I think that's like a like a Judy price, right? No, Judy was like 30 something. <laughs> yeah, Judy was like 31, 32. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to cover? I don't know. I, th- I think we're good. Yeah. All right, you had a gripe of the week? I did. Now I'm forgetting it. Go go first. I didn't even think of one, man. Um, uh, I got I to gotta get a good one here. I don't... Uh, no. Shit, I guess. We, are we just happy boys right now? I guess we're just happy boys. I, I literally had one. I was in the car yesterday. I had driven to go get um go get dinner. I went out last last night for food, and I was like, "This will be perfect." I can't think of it. Me either. I mean, I didn't even have one. Uh, yeah, no gripes. No gripes. Let's go. You have a highlight? Going to my brother's bar- bachelor party tomorrow. Flying to flying to Nashville. Um, that's where he lives, and then I'll actually be flying back out there for his wedding. End of May. And then I'm flying to Wisconsin for a June 4th wedding on a Saturday. <laughs> How long are you out there? Wisconsin? Yeah. Or Nashville. Oh, oh, oh Nashville, I'm through Sunday. I'm flying back and I'm actually going to be doing some drafts when I land. And then actually I have drafts the same weekend as the wedding as well. So that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, that should be fun. Yeah, home league. Our our draft starts the day I fly back, so I schedule it for seven p.m. because we like to do it live. Yeah, so it wouldn't be too bad. But I, I'm hoping my plane lands and I got about an hour to get home because it takes me about forty five minutes to get home from the airport. And yeah, be good. I miss live drafts. I need to do one. Uh, we need to do that auction live yes. draft redraft or something because I don't yeah. play redraft anymore. But I would. I want to do something like that. I have a spreadsheet too that we can share. We can share on the on the screen that keeps all the values as well as the available players and your max bids. That's awesome. So then we can do it audibly. We can actually bid out loud. <laughs> we we bring in a third party to be the uh, auctioneer. Well, my favorite one dollar, two, two, two dollars. Do I get three? Do I get three? My favorite part about live in-person auctions or even through Zoom is you get to look at the other people and look into their soul and know what they're going to do. Are and you going to just crumbling? They're doing the me when we drafted Mac Jones. Just, <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, my highlight of the week is um, is going to be this podcast and the listeners and everybody uh, and you for helping me with it. Because um, I'm going to be uh, stepping away from content. Uh, this is that announcement I'm making. Um, might not be forever, but it's not going to, I'm not going to be doing 
podcasts as much. I'm not going to be doing ranks. I'm not going to be doing the ADP. If you heard me stutter over that earlier, that's why, because <laughs> I said I hadn't done it yet. It's because I'm not going to be doing it, or at least I don't plan to. Um, I'm not where we're not we're not where I would like to be, and I know it's because I don't want to put in the effort and the uh, consistency required to do it. So I feel like I'm just in the middle of taking away from other things that I want or need to be doing while still not fully investing in content. So um, for now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretty much slow down on all of it. I'll still be on Twitter, although I want to not be on there as much. Um, so yeah. That's a somber highlight, I think, but I wanted to, uh, I wanted to at least make some announcement and the people that listen to the pod are the ones that would most appreciate it, I think. Uh, so thank you. Thank you all. Um, we're doing this as an old school podcast. So I'm going to go back in. If you haven't noticed, you probably have noticed by now because it wasn't a live show and the editing is back how it, like, how it used to be. It probably sounds a little cleaner, putting more effort into that. The live show is, is all, is, was, was making things so much easier, but it wasn't the quality that I would have liked it to be. Um, and I would like to go back and kind of pull some of my favorite moments from the podcast and put it here. But that might, that might be a, a project. So this might not be out for another couple of days to, a, to maybe even a week. Cause there's a lot of stuff. I think this is the 57th episode or something. Uh, and I was, I was going through looking at titles, trying to like spark, you know, like really funny or just great moments. None really stood out to me. So I don't know. I'll think I'll let a, I'll, I'll take a long, a little longer and see if there's anything, but yeah, that's my highlight. Well, I definitely appreciated doing this with you. You know, you, uh, after getting off the monocle, um, we were doing this pod and you're like, no, I'm going to send you a mic. So he actually sent me my first mic, which is the one I'm actually still using because I was using headphones before. <laughs> so that's a cool memory I have. And yeah. I have a feeling this won't be the end. At some point. We'll, we'll probably jump back on. So. I think if I do come back, it'll be more, it, it won't, it won't be consistent. It'll be because I just want to or need to, get some football takes out but uh i would like to do more focused bigger pieces that have more editing so they'd be bigger projects but they'd be more on my time on my pace and not the pace of the nfl schedule or fantasy twitter schedule because it's a to make it you gotta you don't gotta be good i'm sorry not to sound cynical here but you don't have to be right you have to be consistent. You have to try hard. You have to put in effort. And uh, that's it's, being good and right helps. Not everyone's wrong all the time, but. Unless they're talking about this year's quarterback crop. <laughs> yeah, people turn people turn tail real quick. Um, so maybe that's it. Maybe I just realized that what we did for the last couple of months is, is useless, right? Just wait till the draft. But... <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to do more in-depth or specific topics 
with more planned out stuff uh maybe slicker editing just a, a better product better production in general um and not having and, and doing it on my own schedule uh i'll still i'll still be streaming because i'm gonna be playing games i'm not gonna be podcasting or doing fantasy i'm gonna be doing a lot of other stuff you know golf i got a lot of housework to do i've been putting off babe i gotta go do a podcast uh so yeah that's uh that's that's uh the terrestrial conclusion i suppose what's a what's another word for conclusion the that doesn't mean quite the end the possible end. the um, i don't know good thing i can edit this just thinking about this being our last show um is that there's a lot of people that say see you later and they'll never say goodbye because they don't like it to be so um like a finality when it comes to that type of stuff Mm -hmm. but also there's all something to also think about a little bit philosophy now is there's going to be stuff that we do uh in this life that this sounds way heavier than i want it to be (laughs) but that you'll never know that this is the last time you do it yeah that's why i so i i learned this from a couple different sources but the easiest one to explain is nascar or or racing in general because you never know when you're going to win again that's why they party so hard when they win yeah you never know if this is the last one but yeah just uh you know you just never know when when something you know something's going to end so and if it is then uh i wanted it to be this way where i announce it not just never come back and ghost uh if you've been listening for the last three oh. years two all right years. you have to pick between these two words for all right. synonyms for ending would you like to hear one or two first uh two climax Ooh. or resolution terrestrial resolution oh we uh, could we we could go for alliteration but then it goes to termination yeah I, I i was i was trying to think of some alliteration but i had nothing with t and termination ain't what i was going for yeah boundary term <laughs> shit if this is what podcasting will be maybe i won't stop this is awesome what just sitting here trying to figure out words <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to do my wordle later. They tried to get me. Oh, I forget what the word was. It was a double O, but like the O's were there was the O was the only vowel, but there were two O's in it. And they really tried to throw you off. But I can't remember what it was. I haven't done it in a while. I was hooked for a long time. Trace and pious start. That's my start every time. Get get those vowels. I do stern and audio. Ooh, audio is a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Except I know I, I've I've gotten like three or four wrong in totality, but I've noticed that when I used different words first to identify the consonants, the vowels were a lot easier to find than when I'm trying to eliminate all vowels. Yeah, I, that makes sense. But I'm still using the elimination of all vowels first because I think I like the challenge. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, trying to think of a joke there. We could talk about your fantasy football team. That'd be a good job. Oh, it only took what 30 episodes for you to have a fucking good joke. Wow. 
<laughs> you thought that was a good joke. I win. Oh fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. You think I'm funny? <laughs> funny how? Do I amuse you? Yeah. What, like what a am I a fucking clown? Yeah, dance! Dance! <laughs> fuck. <laughs> All right. I think that's gonna be it. All right, I'm coming back in post-pod, post-edit. I found some uh, funny clips. Couldn't get everything. There was a lot to go through, so I got some funny ones that I could remember. Put a little montage together. I hope you guys enjoy. But I'm going to go Bell over Pickens here still, and we'll see how that plays out. Draft Capital might change that again, but Bell has been a fucking baller all three years, young age. Not great size. Actually, he had a pretty poor size, I guess, at the combine. But he doesn't have great separation, I guess. And some people say he catches with his wrists. Motherfucker, I would like to see you do some of those catches that he does with his wrists because he's a, a ball hawk. He's like, yeah! He goes up and gets that fucking thing, all right? Oh, he's my a- God. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. That's a good thing. But I, get, I, bet, I guess, like, if you don't have... He can run for Jack. Or... So we're just going to kick it to the main event where we're going over our top five at each position. All right, this week we are doing top five at each. Why? I can't say this. Top five at each position. <laughs> each position. Each. Each position. I don't know. It's a lot of tongue. I think I got a lazy <laughs> tongue going. Let's kick it to the main event. I'm going to say that. Team number six is the is the Cowboys. No. Ah, oh, shit! It's the Raiders. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. That, yeah, that, that all adds up. Yeah, they're eliminated. So that's. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. I hope you enjoyed the uh, little montage there. I know there's a lot I didn't get. We've had a lot of funny times on this pod. But um, as you know, if you've listened to this pod, that my takes don't always age the best. Am I right? So uh, going back and listening to old podcasts is uh, is a bit excruciating. I wouldn't uh, wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> but um, yeah. So once again, I just want to thank everybody who's uh, been a part of this who's joined me on the podcast, who's uh, given me feedback on the podcast. Cause that's what kept it going as long as it did. And like I said, I, I'm sure this won't be a uh, goodbye forever. Once I take a little time off and the uh, motivation comes back and the inspiration comes back, uh, there will be more projects in the future. And they'll, they'll, and they'll be different, but I think they'll be better. I think there'll be more what I want to do. So once again, thank you all for listening. Thanks for everything over these last, what, three years we've been doing this. And uh, take care. Take care.